I'm not just doing a chair. I am doing something for myself inside. It, 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 it's, you know, there is something about creating and, you know, it just kind of feeds the soul. I don't know any other way to say it. I don't know how to put it into words, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. And about four years ago, I was able to quit my day job, um, which was a pretty scary thing. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Um, and if you'd like to find out more about Zestful Aging, my web courses, and my brand new book, Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer, hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Insight Cider, where you'll get behind the scenes look at my interviews and fun tidbits, including a wide assortment of pictures of my new puppy, Frankie. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. You can find out more about Judy at her website, judybanker.com. Well, you know who I've got by my side. I've got Sparky and my little puppy is sleeping right by my side. Let's begin. I am really excited for our interview today because I think I'm not alone in saying people are beleaguered and languishing, to use the New York Times um, word. I know people are burnt out and we are all stressed to the max, so I am so excited to talk to you about creativity and fun. And um, this, of course, is a way to take a break from all the bad news. But as many of you know, creativity is really good for mental health. I have been itching to get into a new craft since I have mastered sock knitting. Lately, I've been looking at polymer clay earring maker, which has caught my eye and looks like a lot of fun. But today we're going to talk to a master of creativity and fun. Wendy Conklin is the chair stylist and she specializes in creativity. She helps her clients create surroundings that genuinely reflect their uniqueness, zest, and personality through bespoke chairs and fabric selections. And she teaches others to add color and charm to their lives in many ways. That sounds delightful. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thanks for having me, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. We were just talking about your gorgeous website, and it just really brings you in and makes you just feel energized looking at some of the colors and and what you put together is just beautiful. Tell me a little bit. I mean, it's a bit of, I, I don't know if this is a fair word, but the chair stylist might be seen as a bit obscure. Can you tell me how you got into making beautiful and unique chair? Yes. Upholstery. (laughs) Yes. And it is an obscure word. And I had the hardest time, you know, just as a backstory on that word, um, ask, you know, trying to figure out what do I do? Because I don't think of myself as an upholsterer. Yes, I do upholstery, but it's the means to the end, you know, result for me. And I was asking Mm. myself, I was asking my family, what am I? What am I? You know, because I didn't know. And I needed a word. 
And so I finally just came up with, I'm a chair stylist. I style chairs um, to look amazing, to reflect your personality, you know. So, you know, I have always loved chairs. I don't know why. It's a weird thing to love. And uh, I laugh about it, like what kind of weirdo likes chairs, but I do. Um, and I was always kind of embarrassed to tell people. And so back, um, oh, years ago when Nate Burkus, uh, the designer that kind of worked mm-hmm. with Oprah Winfrey, when he had an afternoon talk show, I used to watch it. And one day he was talking about how much he loved chairs and he just buys them everywhere. And I thought, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> my, my people. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not the only one. Okay. I'm not going to be embarrassed about this anymore because if he likes them, then that's okay to say. And and so back in 2012, I took a couple of upholstery courses. Um, I had always kind of dabbled in upholstery, tried to learn by using books or videos or whatever, just couldn't quite get it. So I took a couple of courses um, to learn the craft. And I, I remember being in, in the class and, and looking around and thinking, okay, anyone can learn upholstery. This is not rocket science, but not everyone has a really good sense of style. And um so I recognized that as I kind of looked around and I just I, I had another career at the time. I was an educational consultant. I had been a teacher before that. And so I wrote curriculum and I trained teachers and school districts on, you know, how to implement the strategies to help their students. And so I had written a lot of books and done a lot of trainings and stuff. But um, the little chair business was a side hobby. It was just for fun. And as soon as I finished my upholstery courses, you know, I decided let's open an Etsy shop. Let's see if I can sell some chairs. And um, like within two weeks, I sold my first chair and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, now I have to figure out how to ship this thing. <laughs> Cause it was going from Austin, Texas up to New York city, which is quite a long ways. And, and mm-hmm. so anyway, I figured it all out um, eventually. And um, you know, and that kind of just, once you sell something like that and you think, oh my gosh, maybe Maybe, maybe this could be something. And mm-hmm. so kind so of the, validating. Yeah. yeah, it was the kind of the journey. And so more and more as I began to take on, you know, custom orders from clients and do more chairs and, and realize, ooh, I could make this into something. And there's such a satisfaction, honestly, in doing something with your hands. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you bake or you garden or you create, you know, whatever you create, there is something that it does to you. You're not just doing a chair in my in my circumstances here. I, I'm not just doing a chair. I am doing something for myself inside. It, it, it It's you know, there is something about creating and, you know, it just kind of feeds the soul. I don't know any other way to say it. I don't know how to put it into words. And the brain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. And about four years ago, I was able to quit my day job, um, which was a pretty scary thing because my income is necessary to my family. I have daughters at that point going into college and now they're kind of both in one's in school and the other's doing a master's program. And So it's not like I could just do anything I wanted, you know, and we were going to be okay. That is not, I took a big risk, um, you know, but it, it, I was so miserable in my job and it wasn't that my job was so bad because it really wasn't, it was a great job, but it, you know, it just didn't do it for me anymore. It wasn't challenging to me anymore. It wasn't making me grow and learn the way I needed it to, like it used to, you know. And so, how did you know, Wendy? Because this is a really important theme for yeah. women in our age range is that they kind of know, but 
they're not really sure. Things feel a little stale. What what were the indicators for you that you had this good job, but it wasn't really feeding your soul anymore? How did you know that? Oh, boy, I was just miserable, honestly. Um, and, you know, when you present, like I had to go present to schools, like I had to be on <laughs> and mm-hmm. I had to bottle up those feelings because I had to put everything I had into my trainings. That's the kind of person I am. I'm not going to half do something. It's going to be all in. I want to do my best. I want to feel proud of what I was doing in my job. And so I kept having to bottle up, bottle up, bottle up. But, you know, when I come home, you know, my evenings, my weekends were filled with trying to get my business going. And I, I remember telling my husband, I was sitting on the side of the bed and I just said, I know I could make this. I know I could do it. I know that I can, except I wasn't at that. I wasn't able to right then. You know, I just, the income wasn't there. I didn't know how to price my stuff, Mm -hmm. but you know, it was just, it was really, I always say that for, for me, it was like my misery was greater than the fear of the unknown. Like, yes, there was all that fear. There was all of the, oh my gosh, what if I fail? My family Mm -hmm. is going to suffer. You know, it was, Mm. it was a big risk. And my family has been very, very supportive. They've never pressured me to do anything I didn't want to do. And I'm grateful for that, but I felt the heavy burden myself. You know, I wasn't. Did you feel like you were bearing it yourself or did you have a tribe of women that were, or other people that were rooting you? You want. No, I well, my friends, I, my poor friends, they <laughs> had to listen to so many tears and, you know, I, you know, see so many tears and listen to so, so much of, you know, what I really felt. And I, I, even one of my friends, you know, I was working so hard to try to make it work. And I remember one of my friends um, saying, you know, you know, uh, I, I just don't understand why you can't you're so talented. Why can't you make money, more money doing this, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I know mm-hmm. she meant it as a compliment, but mm-hmm. it, it was, it was devastating, you know, to hear it because it was the truth. And, you know, I had to figure out a lot of things, but, you know, I really, the way I knew, now I was scared to do it. Okay. So there, this is not, you know, it this was not, it's not for the faint of heart, but you know, it's just every, so I, at one point I did start meeting with a mentor and I'd meet with her probably once every two or three months and I would slide into the booth and say, okay, I got to figure out a way to get out of this job. You know, I mean, like I just, it was a reoccurring beginning of our meeting together. And, um, you know, it just, it didn't take, you know, and then finally one time she said, okay, here's what you're going to do. I want to challenge you to just, you know, you need to take a six month leave of absence from your work and oh, see wow. if you can get this off the ground. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to so bad. I'm still very, very scared, but I, I came home. I talked to my husband about it and, you know, he was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, I'm really scared to do it, you know, but um, I, I did. I decided, you know, I have to do this. Otherwise, I just don't want to go on. I just, I can't continue feeling so miserable, you know, and so I did. At the I, same I, time, your kids were leaving for college, yes. perhaps, and and, and 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 being aware of your mortality yes. and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, because you're getting older and you're like, yeah. okay, if I don't do this, like, mm-hmm. am I going to look back and regret that I didn't Mm -hmm. at least try, even if I fail at it, at least I'll know, like Mm -hmm. I gave it everything I had. And I think that was, you know, that's, that's how I try to live. Um, You know, my dad, 
had regrets at the end of his life. He wanted to do law school and he never went back. And, Mm. and I just don't want to live like that. Like, you know, we get this one chance here and I want to try things, but you have to be smart too. And you got to be careful when you have people depending on you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the worst, I, the way I dealt with it was I thought of, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen to us Mm -hmm. if I failed? Okay. So we might lose our house. Um, can I deal with going to a, a much smaller little home? You know, um, can I deal with that? I can always go back to my old job. That was another worst thing that could happen. Because, mm. you, you know, okay. every no one wants to do that. No one wants to <laughs> go back and ask for their old job back. That's humiliating. But, you know, I thought, okay, those are the worst things that could happen. Can I deal with those? And I decided, okay, I can. It, it, you know, I love my house. I don't want to move from this house. We've been in it 10 years, you know, and I, I was just like, you know, I really, it's, you know, it's the perfect house for us. I, but, you know, I thought it's just a house, you know, and um, I drive old cars and whatever. So that doesn't matter to me, you know, and I mean, like I can live on a lot less if I need to. And mm-hmm. so, wow. you know, it you was just really making making that sound- decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds like it, it, you had to have courage. Oh, yeah. Very much. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, the the misery <laughs> outweighed the, the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you know that's when you have to jump. You know that's mm-hmm. when you have to say, okay, I have to do this because I'm more miserable than I am afraid of what could happen. You know, and I mean, there's no guarantees, but you know, it really, I'm the kind of person that it just lit a fire under me and I'm like, okay, I have to make this work. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to figure it out, you know? So then, you know, a little bit into that journey, um, I did join a coaching group of women and that really skyrocketed, you know, my earnings it helped me in so many ways. It gave me the courage and then it helped me create my courses. You know, I was just, I was kind of pressured into creating an upholstery course for beginners online and by the coach. And I didn't want to do it because I thought, you know, who, who would want to do this? I mean, there's tons of free videos out there. No mm-hmm. one's going to want to learn this from me. But she was like, no, you need to do this. Pull your audience. And, <laughs> and I did. And it kind of has taken off. So it's given women and it's mainly older women doing it because they're at a point in their life they can do whatever they want you know they're mm-hmm. many of them retired some of them want to quit their day job like I did you know and do something fun and creative and um and they find the real joy in creating uh, mm-hmm. chairs and so mm-hmm. it's really provided you know a great um a great thing for older women to be able to do. Now I have some, a few younger women in it, but most of them, I mean, the majority of everyone is well over 40 years old. Some are over 50. Mm-hmm. Um, I even have mm-hmm. some 80 year olds in my course. So, I mean, you know, I, I hope when I turn 80, you know, um, that I'm still going to be looking, okay, what's next? You know, what, what's what next? else? Hi listeners. A quick interruption to tell you about a powerful tool I actually rediscovered after 15 years that will help you with stress, anxiety, and depression. I'm talking about the Meditations from Health Journeys created by trauma expert Bella Ruth Napperstack. When I had to have major surgery many years ago, I listened to these meditations and it was enormously helpful. 
Health journeys meditations are a little different than the run-of-the-mill meditations that you can find on apps. They're scientifically created and are used in over three thousand hospitals. I highly recommend them and I use them myself. You can go to zestfulaging.com or nicolechristina.com and you will see a direct link. I hope you find them helpful and I'm interested in your experience. Now back to the show. So take me through the process, Wendy. Um, I, I it's funny. I was I was thinking of of our, our our conversation, preparing for our conversation. I drove down the road this morning to take my dogs for for their hike, and there was an antique chair on the side of the road, and the. Um, uh, this I, I'm sure I'm using the wrong word, but the weaving you know, uh, was broken. And I thought, oh, you could put a pot in there with flowers or whatever. And I was thinking, I wonder what Wendy would do with that. <laughs> so what's the process for you? How do you find your chairs? What's, take me through the the, the start to the, the finish. Well, um, I do find a lot of antique and vintage chairs online, like on Craigslist and Marketplace. Mm. Um, I love going to flea markets um, mm. and searching through things. I love junk stores. Um, so, you know, I, I do online auctions that are local, you know, and then you just you bid online and then you just go pick them up when you win the bid. So those are really great things. So I find them all that way. Um, and, you know, the process, once I get the chair I start thinking, you know, you know, sometimes I know immediately what I want to do. Other times, you know, I have to sit on it for a while um, and really think through what do I want? What what could this become? Because you're you sort have, of kind of open to the chair to, to tell yeah. you what. Yeah. Because it's uh, it has a personality, kind of, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. unless I'm doing a custom order for a client, then that kind of dictates. Okay, what's your surroundings? What do you, you know, what is your dining room like, or what's your kitchen like, or whatever? And then we kind of build around that. Or if they have a blank slate, the chairs kind of build the theme of the room, and everything else falls in line after it. But I see. Yeah. So it's it's a process of okay. So once I have an idea, I hunt down fabrics. Um, I take pictures of them. I look at them. I think about them. You know. And hunt down fabrics means what? Because my sense, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, if I'm looking, I made some murals out of stretching beautiful fabrics. They're not always uh, to be found in these stores that are chain stores. Is that fair? Very fair. In fact, most stores are no longer in existence. I mean, especially even even before COVID, this was a problem that many fabric stores were shutting down. So like um, I do have a to the trade company uh, that is here in my area that I go to and hunt a bunch of fabrics because they've got thousands and thousands of all brands ah, in there I that see. I can I can do it. But there's also a boutique fabric store, which I'm so grateful. It's, it's part workroom part fabric store but the fabrics they have are so fun and vibrant so that is rare to find a place so I do have those two places I can physically Mm. go to now because when I looked on your website I thought I have never seen fabric like that in Joann's. Right. No, no, you won't find that there. I mean, but there's also tons of places online where you can hunt for fabrics. I always say get order a sample first before you order yardage, you know, so that you know 
really what it looks like in person because it can be deceiving, you know, looking online. But so, you know, that's an easy fix. Just order samples and be willing to wait a week or so to get them, you know. Sure. You know, once you get them, you can start, you know, pattern mixing. You can start, you know, looking at paint. What is what kind of paint now are we going to go with once we have the fabric chosen? Do we want to add other you know, patterns to it. Like if we have a floral, do we want to add a polka dot? Do we want to add a stripe? Do we want to do some checks? Do we want to do a geometric? You know, what what is that fabric kind of telling you that needs to happen on this chair? And what scale do you need as far as the size of the print? You know, if it's going to be a floral, if it's going to be another type of design, you know, the chair really should determine all those things. And then once you pick the fabric, the fabric determines the paint. I see. So you kind of, there's a, there's a, progression mm-hmm. now here's a, sorry to be ignorant here yeah. but you're not trying to match things like oh this is a chair from the 1920s i have to be correct in terms of historical um accuracy yes i i do not do that <laughs> okay i didn't think so because i thought i'm pretty sure those colors and those are pretty wild and because i i it, this isn't about like restoring it to its nat no nope. uh, it, it's original it's actually making something totally different and using it as a starting point right so you are reinventing that chair you're giving it a new life you know upcycling chairs is great for the environment anyway but it also like i said before it does something to you when you can create a look when you can change something that really was not very attractive quite ugly for some of these you know and then transform them you know you're transforming the chair but you're transforming yourself too and you're transforming mm. your surroundings you know i mean it it does all three of those things when you make it you know and it's fun mm-hmm. to to think about possibilities to eliminate it's like the whole brainstorming process of mm-hmm. okay we have all these selections now let's start using our deductive thinking and you know taking some away and and you know and then you get down to two and then you look at it you pin them on the chair and you kind of you know take your time and you look at what's what looks better live with it a little bit now i am sure you have run up against people saying sort of the perfectionism like oh i'm not sure and what if it doesn't work and it could be really bad how do you address that because i think that gets in the way of a lot of people's creative process yeah so i mean i i think my answer to that is People should have in their rooms, in their homes, what they love. And if you love it, if it makes you happy, that's what you should do. You shouldn't go by, oh, this is what's in trend, you know, this is what's trending. This is what the designers say you have to have, or this is what my friends expect of me, um, or, you know, this is what my husband, you know, won't allow or whatever, whatever it might be, you know, um, I think you should go with the things that really light you up and bring you joy, you know, and like when I walk into my dining room, it makes me happy. I have a lot of color in there. I've got a lot of different floral patterns on the chairs. I personally love that. It's not for everyone. And so everyone has their own unique taste. And so I like to give people permission to listen to what they love and who cares if it's correct or not, Mm. if they love it. And that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. I, I am. I can really get on Amen a soapbox on about that. this. <laughs> I will tell you a, a, a very short, embarrassing story. Um, when I was making some um, 
curtains for when my son was a baby. I was in a store with my girlfriend. She reminds me of this occasionally. And apparently I shrieked with glee in a very loud, inappropriate way <laughs> because I found what I found, you know, the perfect fabric. It had frogs on it and some other stuff. But I'm pretty particular and I want to do something a little different. And I had looked at hundreds and hundreds. And, you know, when you see that pattern and when you see those colors, you just know. You don't have to think like, is this a good match with the carpet? You just like, it's electric, yeah, your emotions never lie. And that's why you should listen uh, to them. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Have you noticed that your taste ha- has changed since you've started this? Are you are you finding that your um, what you used to uh, get lit up by is, is a little bit different now? I think it does progress, you know, just as I see new things, see new fabrics, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is... You know, this is something that could be, you know, uh, really great in the room instead, you know, of what I had. And and so, you know, I do change my mind, but it's good that I know how to upholster because I can just change mm-hmm. it. You know, it's pretty expensive to go hire an upholster. Um, mm-hmm. So I can do it very easily. Um, so it's no problem. But I think to some degree, yes, my but I think here's what I think it is. I think over the years I have come into the fact that uh, or I've 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 I don't know how to say it but I finally have relinquished um going with what I love <laughs> and not being afraid of what other people think you know um if people you know whatever I just not worrying about what other people think just really going with the thing that I think looks beautiful and so over the years yes that has definitely progressed because you know it takes some courage to mm-hmm. to, to not worry about that you know to paint the walls pink or whatever you know you want to do but when it makes you happy and you realize it's such a little change it's such a little thing like a chair and if you put some really fun fabrics and mix and match things and they're bright colored and it's maybe your favorite color and favorite patterns or whatever um if it makes you happy i mean it's such a little thing and it's always the little things anyway you know, that make us happy. It's not the big things like we think anyway. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, being able to do this with my hands, you know, it, 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 there's that satisfaction, but there's the joy in seeing it day after day. So, you know, yes, I change out my dining room chairs every year um, when I think, oh, I really want to go with this other kind of look now. Um, and it's not that I didn't like the other look. It's just I want something new. I want something different to kind of recharge the batteries there, you know. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so it, I think what you're saying, um, and I just, you know, want my audience to hear that this is accessible for regular people, right? You don't have to be, have like, you know, three generations of upholsterers and, you know, uh, so I I know that you have online courses. They're basic upholstery. Like you get your, your staple gun Uh and the 
brads and the foam and this is how you do it right yeah and it's for beginners so like any of the chairs that you see me do on my website my dining chairs simple french armchairs things like that i mean i am not going to do any lazy boy recliner like that is not interest me at all and i'm not going to do a great big sofa you know i mean i've done things mm-hmm. like this and it doesn't make me happy it's not i like the quick transformation so to me mm-hmm. it just takes a little chair to make a big statement in a room and so that's kind of where i'm coming from um so i'm looking for that quick win um and so that's what i try to teach in my course so as a teacher my background is you know you need to fit you need to be able to finish something so you know i take it from a beginner standpoint here's how you strip a chair here's the tools you need you know this is how you repair a chair here's how you paint a chair you know this Mm -hmm. is how you hunt down front fabrics you know i even cover all that kind of stuff but then we go back to putting it back together so how do you reupholster the top and how do you do the seat and how do you put on the trim and all those little finishing touches so it is not rocket science. I mean, anyone can learn this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so I would like to encourage any of your followers who want to learn, definitely take a class. Um, you know, I'm partial to online courses because mine is pre-recorded, so you can always rewatch as much as you need. And the problem mm-hmm. with my in-person classes, and the reason why I had to take two, is because when I get home, I'd be like, okay, wait, what did we do? And even though I took notes and <laughs> yeah. I took pictures, I could not remember. And so, you know, I think if you can get a recorded course, that's better because you can rewatch as much as you need to to remind you, oh, here's the step. You do this, you do this, oh, you do this. I, I do that with knitting, you know. Yeah. You just keep, re- you know, what? Wait a minute. Stop. You're going too fast. You know, yeah. replay. You know, yeah. That, yeah. That rewind is, is really, really important. <laughs> it is. It sounds so fun. And I can hear the energy and passion in your voice. Um, I will also say being a big time thrifter and we have an episode on that. Yeah. Um, you can also find some beautiful fabrics in the Salvation Army on yep. bolts and um, or like um, sheets or different kind of uh, textiles that tablecloths, runners, uh, all kinds oh of things. Yes. Boy. Mm-hmm. List, oh my goodness. That <laughs> it's is dangerous. So much, it, it does sound dangerous. <laughs> Wendy, can you tell people where to find you and learn more about this. I love the idea of the quick win. We are all needing a quick win right now. Yes. Um, t- <laughs> tell us where to find find out more about uh, the, the 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 beautiful creativity that yeah. you're you're offering. Well, I'm my website is chairwhimsy.com, um, mm-hmm. and I have a list of my courses on there. Of course, I have my chairs that I sell on there too, mm-hmm. um, and I I have a very I have a variety of of classes. I have my DIY upholstery for beginners, and that's kind of my signature course. Mm-hmm. But I have a course that teaches just the bottoms, and that's what it's called. I've got oh, a wow. I've got a course it's like just the tops yep. on the muffins, <laughs> just, just the bottoms. The bottoms. <laughs> okay, yeah, and then I have. Um, a course on sourcing swoon worthy fabrics and so how do you find fabrics online you know if you don't have a trade uh-huh. account you don't have that so i that's just like a 37 dollar course and then i've got a styling a chair styling course and it's a fun little mm. you know 
$19 course that teaches you how to style with fabrics on chairs. It's not upholstery. It's about the styling part of it. Um, And then I have a business course for people who want to flip and do chairs as a business, like what I've done. Mm So, um, but I have that. And I'm also on Instagram at Chair Whimsy Mm -hmm. and also Facebook at Chair Whimsy. So they can find me on all those places and Pinterest. So I'm, I'm on Pinterest as Chair Whimsy as well. So. Okay. Wow. You, it's, well, yours is such a visual Mm -hmm. product. It is. Um, I can imagine that you spend a lot of time taking photos of your work. Oh, yes. (laughs) Thank goodness for the smartphone. That's right. (laughs) Well, um, I am really energized by this conversation and maybe I'll see if that chair is still sitting on the curb oh, and I should. can do a little you know a little what, what do we call it trash pick there you go some of my best uh furniture has been trash picked and painted and uh zhuzhed up and it is so fun to see but I have not done too much of what you've done mostly I've done tables so haven't gotten into the upholstery but boy does that sound fun and you know it's it's like if it doesn't work out it's not the end of the world oh no like I make mistakes all the time and I just redo it I mean even if you pick the wrong paint color you can always repaint it I mean you know it's not a big or deal um, oh yeah because it's, it's like you're yeah it's about creating you know it's about creating mm-hmm. your visual you know it's like a painter what a painter does and they have a blank canvas and they just start creating they don't have an end goal in mind but what is coming to their mind you know it's it's the same kind of idea on a chair um so it's just kind of a canvas for art that's how i look at chairs they are art in a room mm-hmm. you know they can be anyway well, it sounds it it sounds wonderful, and and boy, do we need what you have to offer right now? We need we all need some fun. A, <laughs> we all need some fun. It has been an absolute blast talking to you, Wendy. I wish you continued success, and I'm so I'm just so impressed with your courage to go from you know a stable, well-paying job to say that I can't live out my years like this I need to take a leap and that's not easy but um it sounds like you figured out a way to uh, bring some courage to that so I'm so glad I did it I'm so glad I I did it so I am so taken by that and I've um really appreciate that so thank you so much for spending some time with us today and um good luck with all of your chairs thank you so much (laughs) nicole i appreciate it thank you so much for joining us on zestful aging if you like the podcast please share it with some of your friends I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. 
And too much stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Uh, we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, uh, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. Music